there is something significant about our financial contribution that is an expression of our worship, but it's more than that. It's our time, it's our energy, it's our showing up and actually showing up. How many know you can show up and not actually be here? Uh, it's tonight coming together for an event that's not just for us to come together and have fun, but it's very missional. And people from the community will be coming in. We've been promoting and letting people know through the schools and so on. And uh, I just am so appreciative of how generous our church family is. You do realize we pull off more stuff than churches our size should be able to pull off. And it's because the 80-20 principle is just not a fit for us. Where 20% of the people do 80% of the work. Uh, I believe that our numbers are way better than that. And I just want to say thank you for that as a church family. And uh, Tracy and the girls and I want to say thank you for honoring us for pastor appreciation. Last week we were so blessed. Um, we do have liars on staff who did all that behind my back. Liars, deceivers. Um, and I didn't realize they were sending, I had actually set something in motion to take place just to kind of solve that um, with our guest speaker. He was going to say pastor appreciation, but then they interrupted that whole thing, messed up my whole plan, and, uh, and thank you very much. We've had cards and uh, just my birthday and all that has been special, all the messages, and really want to say thank you so much. Um, you know, I, it's funny, I've, I've reflected on this, I've never said it before, but when the month of October hit, I said, I just love our pastor. And everybody kind of laughed. Uh, but what I was saying is, our pastor is Jesus. And I really do love our pastor, don't you? I'm so thankful for the many people that reflect his heart and his nature to express his love as ultimately our shepherd in the house. And uh, we've got a great team that does that. And we've honored our team uh, along this journey this month, but I want to specifically honor those who pastor in the area of our children today. And so um, <clears throat> they're not in here because they are pastoring our children. But I've got a few pictures I want to pop up, and I want to just ask you, I think I've got Tabitha uh, first, Pastor Tabitha working in our elementary age, and uh, man, she's just such a blessing on so many levels, been with us now just a little over a year. If your kids are in the kids area, when you go to pick those up, will you tell her happy pastor appreciation and maybe share something specifically that you appreciate about her? I appreciate her intentionality as a leader. She really has a great perspective with us as a staff and a team, and I'm so thankful. And then there's Tiffany, uh, and she and Luke and their family. They are such a wonderful family. They're in this building, of course, and the younger kids. And so if you have kids there or when you go by, would you stop by and tell her, hey, Pastor Tiffany, happy Pastor Appreciation. Let's just give some love. I appreciate this family. Uh, Tiffany has been here since she was a teenager, like a young teenager. And she has been serving. I've given her plenty of opportunities to be completely offended. And I'm not even kidding. Uh, I've done some things not realizing that, uh, you know, I changed direction on her once without even telling her in terms of building, preparation, kids ministry area. And the girl is just unoffendable. And I'm so thankful for her and Luke and their family and what they stand for. And uh, in the name of appreciating those that help pastor our children, 
uh, and the kids on this campus. We don't get a lot of press in this direction, but I want to honor Jim and Diana Howard and just say thank you for your oversight, your shepherding, your pastoring to Destiny Christian School. More than 30 years, 30 how many now? A bunch. Um, one year after the school started, they came. And so we want to honor you. We want to honor Chris and Lori uh, who serve in that capacity with you. We have their picture too. We'll pop up. Chris and Lori Hamill. And a um, little bit of love. I think that was at the wedding, wasn't it? And so, uh, come on, let's just honor those that pastor and lead our school. We recognize and thank you for all of your hard work. It's a heavy load. A um, few uh, items of business that I do want to just ask. I I'm going to ask you guys to attend an event November the 10th, just a brief event after second service right here. But more than that, I'm going to ask you to pray. It's crazy um, how much has transpired since I stood up and announced we are, uh, we are addressing and attacking the pornography epidemic in our society. And on November the 10th, following the second service, we're going to meet in here for probably a 45-minute conversation to explain what we're going to do in 2020. And this involves men and women. Uh, there's, this is not just a men-only issue, but this is a men-only focus where I'm asking the guys to step up and take their place in this regard uh, on November the 10th. That's two weeks from today, I believe. And we'll be right after the second service. And I want to ask all you guys to plan to be here. I want to share a little bit of what the 2020 plan is to, us, to address this very important issue but I really do ask you to pray. How many of you know when you start addressing areas where the, where the enemy has such freedom in people's lives, he does not like it? And so we break that stronghold right now. Father, we just come into agreement as a church family. We come into agreement as a church family in these moments that we have together to accomplish the agenda of the Lord. We would not just accomplish some feeling of religious relinquishment because we've done our duty to go to church. But today, Lord, we want to be a mighty force in the hand of God Almighty. And I pray, God, for wisdom and guidance as we address this issue of pornography in our society. Help us, Lord, to be strong about guarding our hearts, protecting our legacy, preserving our homes, understanding what the anointing can do in our lives when we give ourselves to the pursuit of God more readily and free up from distractions. I pray, Father, that you would help us to understand this distraction is about destruction. Every distraction is about destruction. And help us, Lord, to understand what your desires are and how to walk that out, how to help others walk that out effectively. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. amen. Let's just hiss the enemy away. Can we do that? We just declare it by the clapping of our hands, Job 27. Come on, let's break some strongholds with an attitude of faith right now. Come on, let's break some strongholds with an attitude of faith. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. There is a spiritual atmosphere I believe God wants us to engage in, to step into. Uh, I think it's very important that we sense what God is doing in the moment that he's doing it and we live in that regard. One week from tonight is our final class with the Destiny Institute on the power of the Holy Spirit, what it is to live in the anointing as a way of life. 
And uh, I know A.T. Hargrave will be in the um, lobby right after service if you want to hear a little more about the class. The following week, we're going to step into um, another element of, of class that I believe is very important for us. How many of you believe that we are going to launch 20 points of impact in the year 2020? You know, when I first said that, it ignited something. And I have had so many people talking to me about that. Some of you are carrying a dream that you need to give birth to in the course of this next year. And the class that's coming after the Holy Spirit is an entire model that God has given us in this church to help other church leaders and business leaders discover what God's planted in their heart, how to cultivate a well-developed plan to actually execute and walk out and evaluate in the progression of implementing that plan. And we're going to walk through six weeks of how to effectively discover what God has placed in your heart. How many of you know God's put some stuff in your heart? There are some wonderful dreams in your heart. You are not born and created by God to simply go to church and be a good person. I hope you will go to church. I hope you'll be a good person. But I hope you do way more than that. I hope you'll let God's kingdom be activated in your life. And you will wreak havoc on the kingdom of darkness because you are a beacon of light. God's put so much in you. And we're going to walk those things out. And again, uh, AT will be available for you to talk some details about that class as it will be coming. That particular class, we're going to give a, a wave to the fee for this institute. We've hired a director. This is an official program. You can get college credit. Uh, all those types of things in place in motion. We want to awaken leaders to become everything God's called them to be of all ages. But in that particular night, what we're going to do is just invite everybody in. And uh, the, the class is normally $200 to attend those six-week classes. So we would invite you just to make a donation to the institute. How many know your, your tuition to the institute is not your tithe to the church? Those are two entities, and we need to make sure we understand all of that. We're trying to provide what God's asked us to provide. Um, but we'll walk that out together, and it'll be very, very good. Very, very good. So um, I just made this mention to Tracy in the office I've been in here praying this morning, and um, I'm just really grieved. Um, I'm, I'm grieved because I felt like as I was walking and praying, the Holy Spirit said he's going to address some things deep within our hearts to unlock some things he desires to unlock. And he said to me as I was praying that there are some people in the room that are not going to let me in. And how sad is that? that there would be some people in the room who are not going to let him in. God wants to address some really deep, intimate, personal issues within us today. And some of us have decided that the area that God wants to address is kind of marked off, and we're not, we don't really let God there. It's just a, a chamber, a closet, that we keep that area closed. And I just mentioned it to Tracy, and, and she kind of lit up, and she said, well, you're, I'm sharing, and she told me what she was saying was exactly the same thing. I mean, you know, God wants to have a conversation with us today. Before I start preaching you a sermon, I want to make room for God to have his way. Because then I just began to pray, Lord, what can we do to open up our hearts? And, and, and he's, again, I'm just having this interaction with the Lord this morning so clearly. And he just said, if I'll speak to it and address it, more people will open their hearts than would have had you not. But still some people are not going to let me in. And how many of you know God is just so loving? He's going to do his best to gain entrance into our hearts. How many of you want him to go into places that might be a little uncomfortable today? Can I just see? Areas that you really don't want him to touch, will you let him touch it? And so, Lord, we just invite you 
to address some things within us that need to be addressed so that we could become more of who you've designed us to be. Forgive us where we have beheld certain attitudes that have created certain strongholds that have held us back from being the fullness of the expression you've designed us to be. And I pray in this season, Lord, as we enter in to a deeper place of just knowing you, knowing how to humble ourselves before God, that in that place of humility, Lord, it would give birth to all of the wonderful expressions of attitude you desire for us to possess. In Jesus' name, amen. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health. Would you say it with me? Just as your soul prospers. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health. Say it with me. Just as your soul prospers. There's something really important about what's going on inside your heart. And what's going on inside your heart actually determines what's going on around you on the outside of your life. God's always trying to address our heart because our heart is the key to dealing with the storms of life, whatever those storms may be. Peace, be still, is a legitimate declaration in the midst of chaotic storms. Some of you need to rise up in the power of the Spirit today and just declare to the storm that has come your way in Jesus' mighty name, peace be still. Some of you need to declare, I'm prospering in all things today. Lack be gone in Jesus' name. Some of you need to declare, I'm healthy in every report today. Sickness be broken in Jesus' mighty name. And if that which is going on on the inside of you is strengthened by God the way he desires for you to be strengthened by God, then you have this capacity, this fortitude, this enriched, alive perspective that exists deep within you that has the ability to address these circumstances. But if we choose to live life in a way that's distracted and we're really not aligning and in sync with God, then we're missing something of the power that he wants to release. I feel that this week the Lord's been dealing with me about making sure the power of God is being expressed and demonstrated in every word I speak, every step I take, every place I go. When I go into a store, I want to walk in the power of the Spirit. I want the inside of me to be so healthy that I'm addressing the outside of me according to the Spirit of God. Anybody in the house today ready for that kind of power to be demonstrated in their own life? Come on, we're calling it in in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, we want that. We want that kind of power. We want that kind of power. We can live fortified and enriched lives. And that's the title today, Fortified and Enriched. We're coming into the season where we're talking about the power of gratitude. I want you to understand gratitude is a weapon in your hand in a place of warfare in our world. That your thankfulness is weaponized in the kingdom of God. And we need to see it from a few different perspectives today. And uh, I believe God does want to just go deep. You probably sense it. I certainly uh, do sense it. But I want you to reflect with me um, just in giving some consideration of just how badly we all need to hear this. I want you to think about the past week. 
over these past seven days? How frustrated and complaining have you been over the past seven days? How much frustration has led to complaining over the past seven days? On a scale of one to ten, ten being you wake up complaining from your sleep and you go to bed complaining is your last word. Uh, one being you haven't said a complaint at all. I want you to think of where you are on that Richter scale because there's an earthquake happening in your life. And the higher you are on that Richter scale, the more things are shaking in a bad way around you. And I, I, I want to evaluate in the course of the past week, not only how much have I been frustrated and complaining, but then I want you to evaluate on the other side. How much of, uh, how much of the week have you been appreciative and giving thanks? On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being uh, you wake up in the morning just speaking in tongues and giving thanks to God. It's just like you've been, you've been sleeping in the Lord all night long. And all, we, all day long you're, you're, you're looking at somebody, you can say, thank you for this, thank you for that. You're really valuing and appreciating appreciation. How many want your house to appreciate? Can I just say you want your house to appreciate? The reason is because appreciation is increase in value. When you learn to appreciate the people around you, you increase the relationships in value. It's an important thing for us to understand. And I want you to evaluate where you are. Because it is a vitally uh, critical component for us to understand as a way of life that we don't just live our lives constantly grinding an axe, being angry and frustrated about everything that does not go our way. That is an unhealthy disposition and you are not a man or woman of the spirit when you allow yourself to be so controlled by the flesh as that. How many of you are letting him in? Raise your hand if you're letting him in. He's, he's tampering. How many of you believe he's tampering? The Holy Spirit is here to tamper, to address some deep-seated attitudes that exist. So very important phrase might be on your notes. It's a really good one, though. It is not joy that makes us thankful. It is gratitude that makes us joyful. It's not joy that makes us thankful. It's gratitude that makes us joyful. Two of the most powerful words known to humanity are thank you. Thank you for being there. Thank you for uh, that I can count on you. Thank you for what you did. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for always having a great smile. Thank you for always being an encourager. I mean, thank you. Just such a powerful word. So what we want to do is equip you. How many of you know it's not just enough that we gather together and we get inspired to be nice people? We need an impartation from heaven, and we need to be empowered by God to go out and be a force of gratitude in the earth. Are you ready to be that force? So what we've done is we've equipped you and prepared for you these cards, and the cards are on the tables here in the uh, back of the, of the middle section. They're also all throughout the lobby, and I want to ask you to uh, take these cards, and this week your assignment is going to be to pick two people to write a card specifically that you're saying thank you to for some specific reason. Be specific. How many of you know criticism tends to be more powerful than appreciation because criticism is specific and appreciation tends to be general? Think about what I just said. 
So be specific in the way you appreciate somebody. Write a card, hand that to them, leave it on their desk, uh, however you're going to get it to them. But I want to encourage you to take some time and do that. So close your eyes, open your heart, and the Holy Spirit is going to drop names and you're going to see, uh, you're going to have thoughts of the people this week that you are going to appreciate, increase the value of that relationship. And Lord, Thank you that this is not just a good moral assignment, but Lord, this is about being led by the Spirit to ponder and reflect on people that are in our path and in our world this week who might desperately need a word of encouragement beyond what we could comprehend or understand. Maybe it will help them turn a corner in their lives, and may we be used mightily by God to be an encouragement to those folks in Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' name, amen, amen. How many of you, somebody came to mind? Just lift up your hand. Somebody came to mind. Uh, you know, it really is important that we just learn to practice the promptings of the Holy Spirit just by making room. And then, I mean, what if, what if you missed it? What if that wasn't God? Well, then the devil might be telling you to encourage someone. No, that's not the devil, right? <laughs> Here's the great news about an exercise like this. Uh, whether it was God or just somebody you thought of, it's still promoting and expressing God's kingdom in the earth. And it's great practice just to listen. Prayer is the place where you practice the promptings of the Spirit. And I'll encourage you growing in that yourself. And when we learn to be thankful, it will change so much about our lives. I, I did this study years ago just looking at various articles about how gratitude impacts a person's life. And I found this in a dating article. It said, if you want to be attracted, learn to be thankful come on ladies if you want to be a babe learn to be thankful come on guys if you want to be what, what do we call guys who are handsome a hunk there's a blast from the past <laughs> if you want to be a hunk learn to be thankful the article actually said people who are less attractive physically but are grateful are more attractive than people who are more attractive physically and are complainers. How many of you believe that? How many of you know complainers and you'd really rather not take in what they're giving out, right? And so we, we run from that type of attitude. So learn not to be a whiner. It'll make you handsome. It'll make you attractive, according to a dating article. I thought it was interesting in a business article I read, the biggest turnoff in business is a lack of gratitude. A lack of gratitude. It's the big, biggest turnoff in business. Personal finance article. I thought this was kind of intriguing. But gratitude is the number one mindset for building wealth, making you positive and attractive. I mean, this is powerful when you think about how uh, important and significant it is in your life that you learn to give thanks. It's almost like God wants us to give thanks in every circumstance or something. I don't know. And then the, the other article I read, health and wellness. Gratitude is essential for happiness. Like exercise, be fit, but practice being thankful. It really does, you know, there, there are endorphins and, and all these things going on in your system and learning just to express gratitude actually awakens something so healthy about your immune system. It seems that our attitude determines our altitude in every area of life. I believe it's true. Our attitude determines our altitude in every area 
of life. And of course, I was referencing the scripture, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in a moment, uh, just a moment ago. And that's exactly why um, God tells us in all circumstances to give thanks, because it is a key that unlocks a greater disposition that God wants to lead us into, no matter what the circumstance or situation may be. So how healthy are you on the inside? This is a great litmus test. How healthy are you on the inside? How thankful are you on a daily, regular, ongoing basis? It is uh, kind of wild because uh, the idea of being ungrateful and complaining is the result of pride. And I, I want you to think about, because here's one of those areas. How I many you know pride is an ugly enemy that really hides well in our decorated lives? How many of you believe that you are dealing with pride right now in areas of your life you don't even realize you're dealing with pride because that's just the nature of fallen humanity? Um, you know, humility raises the hand and says, yep, so that means like 80% of you are prideful. You didn't raise your hand. I mean, pride is at work. <laughs> Right? It is at work in our lives. In fact, I, I really think it's interesting, but pride gives birth and triggers every bad attitude you could imagine. Think about it. Pride says, uh, you know, I deserve to be treated better than that. Uh, I deserve more. I deserve pride is what I deserve. It's not humbling myself around anybody else. It's laying my expectation on you. Because I deserve something that you're not giving me. Pride gives birth and triggers all of these bad attitudes, while humility is the foundation for every good attitude you could ever express. Isn't that amazing? Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. He's trying to give birth to the disposition that will actually take you into places of great promotion. Did, did you remember the verses? Your, your attitude determines your altitude. In other words, you keep getting lifted up in different places. Did you, you know what the rest of that verse is? Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Isn't that wild? God's just trying to set us up to go somewhere on purpose and expand his kingdom as a result of our availability. And this is the crazy thing. I, I, I'm going to take you through two ideas that are very, very challenging. Uh, the first one's a little easier than the second one. But it's, uh, I want you to think about Daniel in the Bible. Daniel in the Bible. What kind of attitude did Daniel have in the Bible? When you look at Daniel and you think about uh, what kind of attitude he had, what kind of attitude he possessed. I mean, King Nebuchadnezzar had conquered Jerusalem. He, would, he had been taken to Babylon uh, where he continued to find favor. He kept on finding places of great promotion. Ultimately, God used him to align the earthly government with the heavenly government in, in Babylon. I mean, it was really amazing. There are actually three adversarial kings that he outlived. What kind of attitude, what kind of attitude did Daniel have to do all those things? When you really ponder what his attitude was, and it, it's shown in Scripture, Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, three times a day he got down on his knees. Let me just say this last week, I, I was, got up one morning, I was about to pray, and I just felt the Holy Spirit was saying to me, posture yourself physically where you want to go spiritually. I just got down on my knees. I would encourage you this week, there's an expression of desiring to humble yourself before the Lord your God. Take some of your prayer time specifically on your knees. How many of you think that might be a good idea? Let's, let, let's take a quick poll. You 
you'd be up for that. So I encourage you, find yourself in a physical posture, expressing that which you're desiring spiritually before the Lord. Three times a day, Daniel got down on his knees, and he prayed, and he gave thanks to his God. What kind of attitude did Daniel have? He humbled himself, he prayed, and he gave thanks. What kind of attitude unlocks God's kingdom in the earth? Humble yourself, pray, and give thanks. What kind of attitude is going to take you further in the plans of God and the purposes of God that he desires for your life? Humble yourself, pray, and give thanks. I wonder what kind of attitude King David had as a boy going through all what he had to go through and then a a king uh, ahead of him that was attacking him. What kind of attitude do you think he had? What about Esther? What about Ruth? I mean, what about Joseph? When you start thinking of all these kingpin characters in the Bible, they all had this same attitude. They humbled themselves, they prayed, and they had gratitude, attitudes of gratitude constantly. It's interesting to me when I read in Scripture, people that had bad attitudes are written out of Scripture quickly and you only read about them for a very brief segment of time. I believe that if we don't possess an attitude of humbling ourselves before God, it could cost us more than we realize. It's almost like God said, you know, if you can't get this right, I'm going to have to write you out of the story of what I'm trying to do in the earth because attitudes are infectious. Do you know somebody who's constantly, you know, bad attitude, angry? Anybody know that person? I'm going to just tell you something, and this is going to be a real challenging statement for you. But the scripture in Proverbs 22, I believe it's 22, 24, says very specifically, figure out who those people are in your life and do not associate with them. You know why? Because they're toxic and they will contaminate you and it will impact you. You cannot be around negativity and not be impacted by negativity. You cannot be around negativity and hate and not be impacted by negativity and hate. It will get inside you. You have to avoid those types of people. Don't be the type of person people ought to avoid. Be the type of person God wants to bring others into your life so that they'll be impacted by your faith and your positivity and your attitude that is good. I wonder one day what conversations with King Saul are going to be like. Again, if the attitude's not right, it's almost like there's a rewriting of the story, and we, we wonder, you know, what the role is in the story. And, and one day, like, we're going to meet all these people. You do understand, like, we're going to meet all these people. It's going to be incredible meeting uh, Jonathan Edwards and, and, I mean, just having a conversation, you know, with people that we've heard about, known about. I can't wait to meet uh, Smith Wigglesworth and just talk to him. Man, it's going to be crazy, isn't it? I mean, you know, different people in the Bible that we're read about and one day king saul and i are going to have a conversation we're going to talk how many believe he's in heaven you believe he's in heaven so he you know we're, we're going to have this conversation i mean he did miss it but you know he kind of redeemed and so anyway you know I, I believe i'll have that conversation with him and talk to him but i i'm going to have this in the back of my mind looming in the back of my mind when i have the conversation are you ready for this this is the hard part this is the difficult thing that i told you i felt like the lord was asking me to share i'm going to have this in my mind because i'm aware of this in scripture when i'm talking to saul 1 Samuel 13, 13 to 14, you have, Saul, you have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. If you had, the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. But now, your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought a man after his own heart and appointed him ruler over his people. Do you understand, if Saul had had the right heart and attitude, 
he would have been established as what the Bible describes, uh, his kingdom would have been established over Israel for all time. And because he didn't have the right heart and attitude, and because David did have the right heart and attitude for all eternity, Jesus, all eternity, Jesus will be known as the son of David. Are you putting all that together? Is it possible? Had Saul kept the right heart and attitude, Jesus would have been known for all eternity as the son of Saul. But it says, you've not kept the command of the Lord. If you had, God would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. But your kingdom will not endure because you had the wrong heart, wrong attitude. The Lord has sought a man after his own heart and appointed him over his people. And now for all eternity, Jesus will be known as the son of David. I want to encourage you to know something. Pride and toxic attitudes will affect the eternal outcome of your existence. We just need to camp on this. Could you come on the keys for me, Pat? Pat here? Is she hiding? LJ? How y'all doing today? It's a strange morning, isn't it? Like, God's going deep. I'm good with that. I want him to have his way. It's just too easy to come get our nice little slice of encouragement, walk out with a little application, and try to do a little better this week. And some, some weeks, that's the plan. Some weeks, that's what God wants to do. But I just believe God wants to do surgery this morning. I'm just going to call it out. God wants to address your sorry attitude today. And not just yours, mine. Some of us in the room need to admit, and I'm just admitting it, I have a sorry attitude sometimes. God wants better for us than that. It is too costly for us not to allow God to address this very thing. Saul, you've not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. Had you kept it, you would have been established as king over Israel for all time. Ah, Lord, I pray. That you would just reach into our wide open hearts. Just open your heart wide to him today. (laughs) The price you paid, Lord, is a great price. On our behalf, I thank you that you humbled yourself when you had every right, every right to interrupt everything happening to you. You chose to be wronged on our behalf 
and you had the right attitude. Then you call us when we're wronged to follow your example and have the right attitude. I know that can't happen unless we are willing to express thankfulness to you, gratitude, love, and appreciation. So we want to do that. If you have a sorry attitude you need to repent for, why don't you stand to your feet? I could say it more gently, but I, I just want to be, I want to address the spirit of pride. I want to address the deeper issues, and I don't want to be gentle with it at all. I want to be forceful with you as a family. There are some sorry attitudes that the enemy has convinced us belong in our lives. We're justified for this attitude. We're justified to hold on to this. We're you must let it go and live again. Find a place of great release in your life. As you say, Lord, invade everything about my emotions, everything about my heart, everything about my mind, everything about who I am. I pray for a cleansing of our conscience, Lord. A cleansing of our conscience. A cleansing of our lives. Forgive us where we've rehearsed bitterness and poison and toxic attitudes that have produced toxic behaviors and We've justified them, even sometimes with Bible verses. <laughs> Forgive us where we've grieved the Holy Spirit. We want to surrender to you, Lord. We do choose to surrender to you. In Jesus' mighty name. Let's ask if everybody will join us in standing. I want to pronounce this scripture over you as we follow the example of humility that we see in Christ. Philippians 2, 3 to 8. Do not be selfish. Have you ever just prayed through the Scripture? <laughs> like, instead of just reading the verses, you pray through. You know, we've talked about this before, but, oh, do not be selfish. Right there's a great place just to pause. Lord, forgive me for disobeying you and being selfish. Forgive me, Lord, for those moments in time where I've been selfish. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Lord, forgive me where I tried to put on a show, make a presentation, and I was more interested in what other people thought of me than you. Forgive me, Lord, for allowing that to produce arrogance in my life when you're really desiring a great humility before you. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. He gave up his divine privileges he took the position of humility in obedience to God. I don't know if, uh, how quickly the worship team can come and, and move us into a place of worship, but I, I would like just to give you this opportunity just to, um, you know, when we built this church, when we built this building, we made this huge platform. You see how big it is? I want you to see how big it is. Like it's here all the way over 
to hear. It's a big, big platform. And there may be people in the room, and you need to bring your gossiping tongue to the altar. And you say, I'm not sure. It's so big. I'm not sure it'll fit on it. We made this really big, so even the biggest gossiping tongue can fit on the altar. If you need to bring a gossiping tongue, if you need to bring a a slanderous tongue, whatever that is, uh, I'm... The, the thing that I, I'm making a little bit light of because it's a little bit of a painful moment, but I just want to challenge you to know God really does want to address in these moments together some of the deepest issues in our lives that maybe we've not even been in touch with, understanding that they exist, but we've, we've protected them and we've, we've justified them. How many of you know it's easy to justify your nonsense? I justify my own nonsense often and I catch myself and I realize, okay, I'm sorry for trying to justify that. I have no right because I lay my rights down at the cross of Jesus Christ where he laid his rights down as an example for me to lay my rights down. I have no right to have that attitude. I have no right to have any attitude that would grieve the Spirit of God. So we're going to take just a few moments. There's communion in the back where what we're saying is, Jesus, your broken body, your shed blood. You did that for me so that I would understand true sacrifice. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. He gave up his divine privileges. He took the position of humility in obedience to God. Let's humble ourselves to serve the purposes of God. We're coming to the latter part of the year. We're almost to the final 40 days of the year, which moves us into the first 40 days of next year. You know, your relationship with Jesus is a really important relationship. So is your relationship with the bride of Jesus. And maybe today you need to humble yourself and say, I'm tired of being angry at the bride of Christ and fill out a connect card so that we can follow up with you and walk you through the process of really being engaged like God desires that Jesus died so that we could be engaged as part of the church, the body of Christ. Can I get an amen? God wants to take us deeper. Whatever that looks like for you, giving stations, communion, connect card, if you just need to start your relationship with Jesus today and say, today's the day I need to pray to receive Christ and get started on this journey, then I want to invite you in that. If you want to go deeper today, I want to invite you in that. Whatever that looks like, write on that card and we'll follow up and be praying with you in that regard. And I want to ask everybody to pray this prayer with me right now. Would you say it out loud? Lord Jesus, I surrender my life. I surrender my heart. I surrender every attitude that exists within my life to you. You're the Savior of the world. You died so that I might live, and I thank you. Lead me in your